today, we're watching Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. After the devastating loss of Spock, Kirk is a shell of his former self. But when McCoy begins to speak strange messages, and with new life being found on the Genesis planet, could there be hope? After From all... June 1st, 1984, it's Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Or... It's Spock, Marty! We gotta find Spock! <laughs> I knew it was... <laughs> God damn it. I'm Cam... That's Dan, and we are the Meth Generation. Christopher Lloyd for the win! (laughs) Who has gone on record saying this is one of his favorite movies, favorite roles that he's ever done. Really? Because yeah. by the end of it, I had had enough of him. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he's just pure evil. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> yep. This this one was this was something. <laughs> and you hadn't seen this one before, correct? I I'm sure. Par- I've there were parts of it where I was like, oh, I think I've seen like a scene of this on TV before, but I know I've, I have not watched this in its entirety. I, I think I, I would have remembered if nothing else, their civilian outfits <laughs> because <laughs> wow, those were spectacular. Yeah, truly, truly spectacular. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, 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 I I feel like you should catch people up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. The Enterprise returns to Earth following a battle with the superhuman Khan Noonien Singh, who tried to destroy the Enterprise by detonating an experiment oh my goodness, an experimental terraforming device known as Genesis. The casualties of the fight included our dear Spock, whose casket was launched into space and eventually landed on the planet created by the Genesis device. On arriving at the Earth space dock, the first of many times we get to see this glorious, gargantuan, five-mile-tall space skyscraper. We also five get to s- miles. Yeah, it's a big, wow. it's a big deal. It's a big deal. We also get to see the beautiful new USS Excelsior, Excelsior class, supposedly fitted with a transwarp drive. McCoy begins to act strangely and is detained by Starfleet. Admiral Morrow, a Starfleet bigwig, visits the Enterprise and informs the crew the ship is about to be decommissioned. Son of a bitch. The crew is instructed not to speak about Genesis due to the political fallout over the device. Scotty is made captain of engineering on the Excelsior. Meanwhile, David Marcus, Kirk's son who we learned about last movie, a key scientist in Genesis's development, and a similar but very different Lieutenant Savick now played by Robin Curtis, are investigating the Genesis planet on board <laughs> science vessel Grissom, an O'Birth-class vessel. They pick up an unexpected life form reading on the surface. So, just like his father, Marcus beams down to the planet. They, he and Savick, find Spock's torpedo coffin covered in rapidly evolving and disgusting microbes. But the coffin is empty! They hear screaming and discover that the Genesis device has resurrected Spock in the form of a child, although his mind is not present. Marcus admits that he used unstable protomatter in the development of the Genesis device. Its effects on matter generation were unpredictable. After they observe Spock aging rapidly, they conclude the planet will do the same, and will be destroyed within hours. Meanwhile, Captain Krug... Commander of the Klingon Bird of Prey intercepts information about Genesis. Believing this device is potentially useful as a weapon, he takes his cloaked ship to the Genesis planet, blows the fuck out of the Grissom, and searches the planet for survivors. Meanwhile, Spock's father, Sarek, rudely confronts Kirk about his son's death and leaving him on the planet! After some conversation about security footage viewing... Oh, and a security footage viewing. The pair learn that before he died, Spock transferred his Katra, or living spirit, to McCoy. 
Spock's Katra and body are needed to lay him to rest on his homeworld Vulcan. And without help, McCoy will die from carrying the Katra. Disobeying direct orders, Kirk and his officers spring McCoy from detention, disable the USS Excelsior, hold a kid hostage, and steal the Enterprise from space dock to return to the Genesis planet and retrieve Spock's body. On Genesis, the Klingons capture Mark capture Marcus, Savick, and Spock, and before Krug, 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 it's Krug. I don't know when. Fucking fuck. Before Krug can interrogate them, <laughs> their ship signals that the Enterprise has arrived, and Krug immediately beams back to the bird of prey. In orbit, the undermanned Enterprise initially gains the upper hand in battle, but the Klingons return fire and disable the ship. In a standoff that follows, Krug orders that one of the hostages on the surface be executed. Because he's a fucking dick. <coughs> yep, so much so that I joked. <laughs> Marcus is killed defending Savick and Spock. Kirk and company feign surrender and activate the Enterprise's self-destruct sequence. The same one that we heard all the way back in the day. Isn't that cute? Mm, the security oh no. codes. The security codes don't change. Oh. It seems like a, a bad security code. It should have it probably does. changed in, I don't know, 20 years. You'd think. <laughs> Killing the... Cl uh, anyway, they activate the Enterprise's self-destruct sequence, which kills the Klingon boarding party while the Enterprise crew transports to the planet's surface. We see the Enterprise destruct and streak through the sky like a comet. Kirk lures Krug to the Krug fucking... God damn it. I even double-checked Krug to the planet with taunting and promises to beam his crew, uh, taunting and promises, and he has him beam his crew to the Klingon vessel. As the Genesis planet disintegrates, Kirk and Krug engage in a fist fight. Kirk emerges victorious after Krug slips off a cliff. Kirk tries to save him until Krug attempts to drag him with him. He then runs out of fucks to give and repeatedly kicks him in the face. Into a lava flow. <laughs> Kirk and his officers take control of the Klingon ship and head to Vulcan. There, Sarek asks for an ancient, rare, and taboo ritual called Valtorpan, where Kirk's Katra is reunited with his body in a dangerous procedure. The ceremony is successful, and Spock is resurrected, alive and well, though his memories are fragmented. At Kirk's prompting, Spock remembers he called Kirk Jim and recognizes the crew. His friends joyfully gather around him, and so ends Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock and Leonard Nimoy's directorial debut. <coughs> Hooray! Oh, <laughs> oh, God, it's so beautiful. Yes, <laughs> parts of it were very beautiful. <laughs> Okay, this is gonna be one of those. I could just tell. Um, well, it's not. It's not one of those. It's not a flaming dung heap. But there's there's some things. Primarily the third act, <laughs> where it gets a little uneven. <laughs> let's say. Um, but it's uh, it's a good time. This one, I still I still enjoyed myself. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. It corrected some problems in the previous two movies, and it uh, added some new ones. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Cameron, why don't you give me a little a little backstory on, on the making of this film, if you have any, any trivia or anything like that? Well, um, I mean... <laughs> you don't do you <laughs> i do actually i have quite a bit um but why, my... why why no kirstie alley because she um they didn't think about making a sequel and including her character while they were negotiating for the first contract so her salary demands were too high really yeah okay. my personal favorite bit of trivia is that uh michael eisner who is the head of paramount at the time and boy do we have some thoughts about him anyway he uh he was head of paramount at the time and was reluctant to let leonard nimoy be the director of this film because he mistakenly thought that um the 
that Spock's death in The Wrath of Khan was in his contract, meaning that I don't ever want to do this again. And Leonard Nimoy says, well, my contract's in the basement. You might want to go read it. (laughs) (laughs) And what did the contract say? Uh, It said nothing of the sort, you know. Oh, okay. But it was very clever use on Mr. Nimoy's part to be able to direct something. And I actually think he did a great job. There was, he did complain on record a lot about how tightly they kept the reins on him just because it was his first project and they wanted it to be successful. And so I think there were lots of things that, I mean, you can tell the difference between this movie and the next one. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts about that. Does he direct the next one? And wrote it. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm excited to compare the two. Mm -hmm. It's going to be so good. Um, I love that we get to see hear Chekhov speak in Russian for the first time. (laughs) Yeah, enough with this woke in English. My other favorite bit of trivia is right when they were filming this was when the Paramount lot caught on fire. I don't know if you heard about the great fire at Paramount, but... I, I know nothing of the Great Fire. Well, they it was just a huge ordeal, and they almost lost a couple of the sound stages. But uh, William Shatner helped fight the fire and rescue crew members before actual firefighters arrived. Wow. <laughs> and then in typical Shatner fashion, he said, oh, I was just doing it to try and save a day of filming so I'd be available to shoot for the new season of TJ Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> just, that sounds like Shatner. <laughs> Just so casual and so unaware about how inoffensive that's how offensive that sounds. I was just trying to save a day of filming for me, <laughs> for my <laughs> schedule. That's me. It's me. <laughs> Instead of a selfless thing, which is what it actually was. Well, I would I would hope that's a tongue in cheek comment, but I who hope knows? so too. Who knows? I hope so too. Who can say? Another fun bit of trivia is that the Enterprise entering and leaving space dock is going to be reused a lot <laughs> in typical Why Star am Trek I fashion. Not surprised. You shouldn't. I mean, you shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Although, are they going to? I hope they filmed it at slightly different angles so that the repaired Enterprise coming in and out works uh, looks looks different because obviously this one had quite a bit of damage. From, mo- uh, the uh, oh, they they graphed, version. they graphed yeah. other ships on top of it, Daniel. Don't you worry. Oh Lord. <laughs> um, Dame Judith Anderson, who played the high priestess, she was eighty-seven and came out of retirement for this role. Really? Yeah, which says something, you know. I'm, that's quite the favor. Yeah, it really is. Leonard Nimoy uses an alias and does the turbo lift voice on the Excelsior. Oh, really? That's fun. Yeah. When Scotty says, up your shaft. Which is... Yep. <laughs> which is... Su- oh. There are some quotes in this one, my friend. There I know quotes. there are. There's up some just... shaft. <laughs> this one is, besides the next one, it's the closest to the camaraderie and the shtick, actually, of the that the original crew had on the show. Yes. I, I would say that Warts and all, this so far has the mo- has captured the camaraderie and the shtick of the original series the closest. You are, you are correct in that statement. Um, <laughs> I mean, the first the first episode felt a lot like. I mean, the first movie felt a lot like an episode of Star Trek, <laughs> 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 like one we had literally watched before. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I uh, weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, I uh, there was so much secrecy around this movie until they released the first trailer. And actually, I mean, it said the search for Spock, but it didn't say anything about him coming back in all of the trailers. So right. even in the script, they used the alias Nakluv. Whenever, Nakluv. Which is Vulcan backwards. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> You just really hate the backwards things. Is it because you didn't think of it or because it's just... Because it's dumb. <laughs> Why is it dumb, Dan? Just make it a true anagram. Just, like, scramble up the words or whatever. Like, just mess around with it a little more than backwards. I hate... 
I hate just doing something backwards. It's so lazy. It's like they're just, we're holding the script going, think, think. And then they looked in a mirror and went, oh, <laughs> guys, I got it. I got it. Well, see, I don't actually, I mean, I agree that it is an easy solution. However, most people are not intelligent enough to actually make the connection. So it's fine. And it's just I a guess. little treat for those of you that are. <laughs> oh, God. Pat yourself on the back. Oh, it's yep. something backwards. Ooh. Oh, I got it. <laughs> I also loved that we got to see more Tribbles in this movie. God damn you, Cameron. <laughs> I was so fucking pissed. We're going to table that whole cantina scene because the whole thing just made me mad. It made me so mad. Why? We're not in the bad part yet. We're ta- le- Cameron. Tell me everything that you loved. We're talking about what we loved. I loved lots of this. I mean, <laughs> I, the only, yeah, no, I, I loved almost all of it. I loved, I loved the fact that me, that our dear DeForest got to do some real acting and was very convincing, like just, just superb stuff. And I loved... I really did like the direction. I thought it was done very well. Um, the Genesis planet was sometimes a little much, but that's, you know, that's no fault of Spock's and no no fault of our dear Leonard Nimoy. Um, <laughs> I had also forgotten that Spock is played by five different people in this movie, which starts a long tradition, so that's just fine. <laughs> yeah, that was, I, I was like, man, this is, you know, I thought they'd probably do three. Three makes sense to me. But just like Pokemon, they got to add a couple secret evolutions in there or some bullshit. That joke's going to kill for like two of you out there. <laughs> yeah. There was just there was just some clever set dressing and it really gave our characters a wonderful opportunity to shine and break some rules and be their space cowboy selves. And I just... Yeah, they were all putting their dicks in it. Their yep. collective dicks were being put in it. <laughs> They were, and I loved it so much. <laughs> Don't so, call me tiny. <laughs> but yeah, I also loved uh, I loved Christopher Lloyd's performance. He was just so deliciously evil, and you just hate him by the end. I also there. I also loved the cameos. There were so many cute little cameos. Top three cameos, go. Top three cameos is John LaRoquette playing Maltz, a member of the Klingon crew. Uh, Grace Lee Whitney, who is not playing Rand, but who makes the cameo appearance as a woman in the cafeteria. And Scott McGinnis, who plays Mr. Adventure. <laughs> the kid who Uhura dominates. <laughs> yep. I just love that his name is Mr. Adventure. That's my favorite. I, I have some headcanon about what happens after they all get beamed away. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now get out of this closet. <laughs> now get on all fours. <laughs> get you some. <laughs> but, but yeah, I I enjoyed, I would say, 95% of this movie. What about you, Dan? What did you like? Um, I, I love them breaking the rules, you know, because that's basically their entire starfleet career (laughs) what do they tell us to do ah good suggestion but i'm gonna do this thing instead (laughs) um i like seeing the fallout of spock's death um i was a little uh i I started out being a little underwhelmed being like are we is this really just gonna be like a clip show where they're like hey remember how good wrath of khan was two years ago we're gonna show you like the the really hard part of that like several times But they still came in in an hour and 45 minutes. I was like, good job. That is how long a Star Trek movie should be, (laughs) period. If you're getting close to two hours, you got a problem, and we need to uh, speed things up or remove an exterior shot of the ship. (laughs) (laughs) One should trim 15 minutes. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I I enjoyed seeing Sarek again um, and the weird scene he had with Kirk where it was like, vaguely uh sexual i don't know the their mind meld was in dim candlelight and there was like close up close up of kirk's lips and a close up of 
Sarek's forehead, and it was it was very intimate. It was extremely intimate. And I was like, he is in mourning, uh, and he does have pointy ears, so this could end very poorly. Yes, um, yes, it could. I'm I'm glad it did not. I love the I love the main. <laughs> Apparently, Spock didn't have a will. Mm-hmm. You know, it would it would make sense that all Starfleet officers would have a will, and he'd say, "Hey, don't." Don't shoot me into space like it's traditional. If you could take me home, that'd be awesome. Yeah. You would think that that sort of thing would be on record. But I don't know. They're like, ah, he's half human. It's fine. That's what we do with all humans. (laughs) Fire away! Well, honestly, I honestly don't think that Kirk Kirk could stand to be in the same room as Spock's body for one more second. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we got to see some subtle acting from Mr. William Shatner in that we scene. We did. Um, you know, when he was like, uh, he couldn't he couldn't touch me. You could see the ache. That yep. he, you know, he didn't get to, to touch him one more time. But it was it, the, the close-up on his eyes. I was like, okay, Leonard, you're doing some good camera work here. You definitely coached his acting in this scene. Definitely didn't coach him for all of his time on Genesis at the end of the movie. Because <laughs> I was, we'll get to it. I love and hate that because it is a Shakti tour, just tour de force. It is indeed. It is, it is just, uh, it's something. And just when you thought we were over it, we get the return of one of my most favorite and least favorite things about Star Trek, 60s fighting. Yeah. (laughs) Karate chop, karate (laughs) chop, karate chop. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it couldn't stay away for long. I knew it. Um, Oh, I forgot to mention that I loved seeing two new Starfleet classes of ships, one of which is absolutely gorgeous, and one is kind of a derpy little... (laughs) We're a research vessel. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. A little mistake. (laughs) But also the Klingon Bird of Prey. All three of these ships will be seen a lot. They are... Gotta make them pay for themselves. Models ain't cheap, Cameron. They are not cheap. Um, I, I liked the introduction of Krug, even though, uh, or Crudge, Crudge, how do you say it? What is it? Krug. 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 Is his name even spoken in yes. this film? Okay. Yes, it is. I did not catch it. I was like, Klingon commander? Um, but I liked his introduction where he got the Genesis information. Again, re- re- remember Wrath of Khan, guys? <laughs> mm. I was like, yes, I remember. Um, when he blew up uh, that woman he clearly had a relationship with. Uh, yep. to cover his tracks. I was like, "Ooh, vicious." Yeah, no, he's he's evil. <laughs> mhm. I don't I don't want to generalize a whole people, but I don't know if I could ever, you know, trust a Klingon. <laughs> C- certainly not as like a, a recurring central character on like a on like my, my crew. That would be on two that'd be crews, a challenge. Dan? On that'd two crews. On two crews. The other one's Deep Space 9? Yes. Yeah. And he's also um, in a relationship with Terry Crews. It's fine. <laughs> Ooh, hot. <laughs> uh, I I thought seeing Federation politics was interesting. I enjoyed them being like, "You cannot talk about this, or or we, you just you can't." So don't 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 oh don't no no quiet right. Uh, McCoy getting to be McCoy, but oh, he had. I think McCoy and Kirk both got to express loss really beautifully. I loved. I don't want to blow my wad with quotes, but Kirk had a sentiment about leaving Spock behind um, that was flawless, and McCoy's scene with Spock's fully regenerated body in the Enterprise definitely got me a little verklempt. I know. I know. That was that was really good. And it's those quiet moments that really work well in this movie. Um, it's those small, intimate acting scenes, which is kind of how actors who become directors do shine in their first, as they're, you know, figuring out camera work and lighting and sound and especially special effects, which take a really long time to master. Um, 
though but you can see the g- wonderful actor that is l- that is Leonard Nimoy directing great performances in those quiet subtle moments from his actors he's pulling he's pulling a lot more out of them um specifically those two i think um uh i liked the the vulcan mysticism that we got to sort of expand upon and vulcan looked fantastic better than it did in the first movie vulcan looked great right uh, like really really good the Genesis stuff I was kind of medium about. Basically anything that happened on Genesis I was sort of like, no, nah, okay, it's fine. The the new the new um Savic kind of definitely threw me where I was like, this was Star Trek 2 was like her second acting credit. Why would she demand so much when she could have been a part of a franchise? I that just doesn't make any sense. She had virtually nothing behind her and then she was the star of a major motion picture or co-star. And then she's like, mm, no, nah, I don't want to do it anymore. And then this gal gets to do it for a couple of movies. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you turned down a good thing, Kirstie Alley. Well, and Robin Curtis actually comes back as lots of other characters in, in the future shows. So she, you will get to know her well. And I really enjoy her work. I think she's great. She's, de- she's, she's a part of the club. Mm-hmm. One of the, the, the cast of the troop of actors. Um, well, I mean, the, in- in Next Gen and Deep Space Nine, that's a hell of a troop. Nice. Uh, the freeing of McCoy was a fun scene. Um, I adored the that that Scotty crippled the Excelsior and dropped the bolts or whatever he pulled the spark plugs they looked like from the computer of the Excelsior into McCoy's hands and said from one surgeon to another. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, Scotty's like one of the nuns from The Sound of Music. He's <laughs> absolutely. That's exactly what that was. And I was like, which, you know, you can tie in to the fact that the director of The Sound of Music directed the first movie. Mm-hmm. So that made me, re- I wrote in all caps, Scotty is like the nuns who wreck the Nazi car in Sound of Music. Reverend Mother, I have sinned. <laughs> I too have sinned. <laughs> Side note, that's one of my favorite family guy gifts when <laughs> <laughs> when she pulls out the Nazi head. Oh my, my god, god that's Rolf. <laughs> like I didn't start this war, but I'm damn sure gonna finish it. <laughs> but it's on, bitch. <laughs> oh um Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I uh. hope that I hope pain is something you enjoy. Yes, yes, it is. As <laughs> the parts of this movie demonstrate. Yeah. I also forgot to mention that when the planet is destroying itself and that one giant rock face comes just sprouting up like a penis. <laughs> it I launches like... him to start the attack. <laughs> I was like, this is the planet send-off to Kirk and Spock. It's like, good luck, boys! <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> launches... Christopher Lloyd in the air. Oh my god, that was that was the beginning of the end. But for then me. there's oh. an even bigger one right before they beam off. It goes Whoa! and yeah. then <laughs> planet boner. I I loved uh, Kirk communicating on on video with Krug Krang Crawl uh, Krill whatever his name is. Um, and there's <laughs> the first time there's a video message. Kirk has his back to the camera and does a dramatic turnaround. So, Cameron, if I may, it looked like this. <laughs> he just, it did indeed. He totally did a, oh, I didn't see you there, but it had so much more desperation behind it. Welcome to my home. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree with you that the destruction scene was uh, really a great send-off to the Enterprise. The only thing that uh, pissed me off is that Uhura wasn't there to see the ship go down because no. her getting sidelined is like my my main thing. She had such a bitchin' scene and a fantastic new hairstyle, by the way. I was yes. like, on the way back from uh, like her first time off-duty, off the clock, after the incident with Khan, she's like, I'm going to go to the salon. I get two <laughs> hours off. Nobody fucking talk to me. <laughs> I want to sit here, 
read a magazine and just and just do a little self care. All right, so just goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the one bummer. But her her moment was so badass and it so was perfect. Perfect. Get in the that closet. Just... <laughs> Get in the closet. <laughs> uh, I'll just get in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but damn peculiar right uh there was overall i think this is a good idea this was a good idea like how to bring spock back they use the genesis planet really effectively as as a plot device and it's an interesting concept there's just a lot of if you like listening to your summary of this movie I was like, oh, that sounds like a really good movie. But then you watch it, and there's just a lot of little things that stack up where I'm like, oh, that was a oh. But overall, uh, it was a good idea. It just feels like, it fe- very much feels like a middle chapter. Which you know? it is. Which, is. which is fine. The main thing that I think makes it not work as well for a middle as a middle chapter is everything's resolved at the end. Like, the ship's blown up, but there's no great looming exterior threat. There's no, you know, Spock's getting his memories back. So it's like, I and I, which I know was a safety of like, well, if we can't make another one, this still kind of works as an ending. But, well, I mean, yeah. the, the main threat is that they've all just thrown their careers away to do this. Right. So it feels like a ride off into the sunset kind of moment. You know what I mean? Like, well, we did it all. And we did it my way. <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, that was that is the looming threat is especially for rule followers. Oh, they just broke all the rules. They're not going to be able to have any careers when they get back. They just threw uh, it all and away. And that's the majority of Star Trek nerds, isn't it? You're a bunch of rule followers, aren't you? No. <laughs> um, not if a rule is stupid, Dan. <laughs> Scott to bridge. But uh, I think it's uh, I think it's time to probably shit on it just a little bit. Well, just I mean, you've already subtly done that the whole time, so let's get subtly? on. Subtly, what my just slight <laughs> disappointment that this wasn't as good as Wrath of Khan. Oh, I'm sorry, Cameron. <laughs> I told you it wasn't going to be as good as Wrath of Khan. I, I knew that, which is why I tapered my expectations, and is why I, I'm sound so fair and rational and level-headed about this thing. Mm, mm-hmm. God. Um. <laughs> Why do I put up with you? Oh, you've been shitting on it the whole time. I've been complimenting actors and sets and story moments and beats and performances. I have I have said nice things about this film. Yeah, you compliment right. sandwich this film. <laughs> yes. Well. <laughs> I think the film needs to hear some constructive feedback. And if it won't listen, it's never going to improve as a film. And it's doomed to being a mediocre film. So well, the director's if, if the dead. film if the film has issues, then the film needs to do a little a little soul searching about why it's so hard to hear criticism. That's all yes. I'm saying. Well, I mean, I'm sure it relishes from an expert like you. Well, uh, <laughs> it, the film is going to be judged in the court of public opinion, and if it can't handle that, then the film probably shouldn't be pursuing this sort of filmic life for itself. Okay, guys, what do you think we're talking about? You decide. You decide. Make up your own Matt Generation canon. Oh, God, that was, that was fantastic. Thank you, good there sir, you go. for that, for yep. that rant. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now for some more rants. The fact that they snuck a triple in this movie makes me angry on a cellular <laughs> level, Cameron. When I saw that triple, I went I out loud at midnight just went, God damn it! <laughs> uh, I was so mad about it. I was like, well, okay, it's a it's a sleek eighties bar, cool. Ugh, we got a bunch of we got way more alien species than we ever see. That's fine. Ugh, there's a triple. Boo. Wait, McCoy's trying to get passage. And I was like, are they just redoing the Moss Eisley cantina scene? <laughs> I Pretty was much. expecting someone to get their hand cut off. <laughs> 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 Which would have been spectacular. 
And then I just started imagining McCoy doing lines from that scene. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? <laughs> <laughs> it's the ship that made the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. <laughs> oh, God damn it. But um, I think I also kind of felt like uh, they were wanting to set up like a love story between David and, and Savick that could have potentially stood in for now did they kill him off because the actor died in real life no he died a little later okay so they couldn't actually decide who they were going to kill in the script and then they ended up deciding that because he fucked with proto matter he deserves to die which uh proto matter means literally nothing to us except for the fact that Savick goes Oh, every scientist said not to use proto matter. So what you but you, but you you did. You you're bad now. Yeah. <laughs> she like looks out at the audience and shrugs. <laughs> uh also, also I um <laughs> I hated his death cuz it was so unnecessary. I was like, I don't care about this character at all. This guy means nothing to me and clearly doesn't mean much to Kirk either. But boy was Kirk ready to prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you bastards you Klingon bastards <laughs> oh yep. man the whole third act Cameron I love it and I hate it because it's everything that is like bad about Star Trek but good about Star Trek at the same yep. time it's so it's so shatastic oh it's it's the biggest shacting tour de force that we have ever seen <laughs> he's just like rolls up his sleeves hands someone his beer and then just goes to shacked all over it. Um, I didn't think, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't think that this movie sucked, but I did, I did groan a little bit when, um, kind of whenever Kirk interacted with, with Krug, I was like, I don't really buy this whole adversarial relationship with the two of you because it seems, it just, it seemed off. It it seemed the whole time like Kirk was way too cool about it. Even after they killed his son, he's like, you know, they they have that one Klingon prisoner on the warbird, and he's like, "You said you would kill me, because I'll kill you later." Um, like he's just, I I I I didn't I didn't I didn't quite buy. The vi- some of the villain's choices like what like what <laughs> such as like beaming down himself there was no reason for him to come down there he's he could just be like start talking to me about genesis or i'm just gonna let you blow up like you got the communicator just start talking give me some real answers and i will beam up one person at a time put them in restraints and then beam up the next person don't you've got one guy left on that ship? So he's like, "Yeah, I'll beam up eight people. <laughs> Why <fine>. not?" <laughs> this is a this is a sound tactical decision. Today is a good well, day to die. I mean, <laughs> Krug is not necessarily a person of forethought, and I mean that's been established earlier in the film. So I guess we're just supposed to expe- accept that he, when he's angry, makes poor choices, which I'm sure could be said of any of us really but uh get out of there yeah i think (laughs) get out of there (laughs) they did yeah go ahead go ahead what 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 upset you what has always bothered me most is that when a ship self-destructs there are charges all over the ship but the main thing that happens the main thing that makes it blow itself into oblivion is they trigger a warp core breach which means that all the matter and antimatter just come together so like the fact that it was entirely saucer section that exploded which was beautiful by the way yeah i thought they did a beautiful job of that but the fact that like the saucer explodes and the engineering section is like hi i'm fine (laughs) don't worry about it it just pisses me off Oh, that's such a good nerd thing to get mad about. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, that has always pissed me off. The sheer drama I mean, and the Genesis planet too. It's it's supposed to be really interesting and I've always just been like eh. 
when he picks up that slug for no reason, I'm like, what? What are you doing? And then it wraps around him, and then he kills it. I was like, that was a complete waste of time. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I was more hoping that he would feed it to his... Uh, his RUS, his his weird rat of unusual size back on the ship. <laughs> Who dies tragically by falling over like this. <laughs> ah! Yeah, I was like, oh no. <laughs> I love that that ship gets hit so hard and then at, when they get beamed back on board, Scotty's like, we have full power. No, you fucking don't. You were just, the ship was just crippled. No one's been working on it. Yes, they have. <laughs> All eight people that he got uh-huh. to. <laughs> <laughs> and he got to beam over to the Enterprise. They were engineers, and they were working on fixing everything. And then at the last second, Krug was like, go, go take your prisoners. And then they all died. It's like, okay, well, we just pulled off a feat of engineering miracle, but uh, we yeah. just pulled off a miracle feat of engineering. But, you know, it's fine. No, we'll just, yeah, it's great. Let me just get a gun. Dick. <laughs> and birds of prey aren't that complicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are actually. I love the design of the bird of prey too. It's beautiful. I like how small it is too. It seems like a manageable size for a ship. Yep. And I mean, you'll get to see. I mean, in the future, you'll see a lot. But it goes. It flies with its wings, like you know, in a bird position. And then when it fights, it brings it down into triangle because there are guns on both ends, so it triangulates how it can fire. It's pretty cool. Anyway, <clears throat> it can also land on a planet. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you get your boat. It's uh, both transport and shuttle. Can you imagine the Enterprise trying to land on a planet? I mean, yes. And it doesn't go well. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I just hope it's not San Francisco in 1986. <laughs> it's not. Oh, good. Well, I don't know anything. I just read little IMDb tags, and I'm like, is that a thing? Could that be a joke? <laughs> so that's why you actually do prepare for this podcast. I am honored. How dare you? <laughs> no, I don't prepare. I've never prepared, Cameron. Um, no, I just see, like, if you look on IMDb, which I always look at while we're recording, because this is a podcast, and that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, good to um, know. I... I it always says more like this and it it just shows the next movie. So like if I'm looking at Star Trek 3, it'll say more like this and down below it's got like six little little titles, little title cards and it's got Wrath of Khan, the motion picture. We've got Final Frontier, we've got Vo- The Voyage Home, The Undiscovered Country and Generations are all are all there. So now, you know, and and they just pop up so I can see long presumed dead captain kirk under star trek generations and i'm like oh presumed dead that's interesting um but uh you know i'll get little insights like that but i'm not actively seeking things out i am i am being well behaved well i'm glad i'm i'm ah cameron i i didn't i didn't want to tell you this i wanted to wait i i didn't want to tell you this (sighs) Because it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna give you so many feelings. I have been trying to be so well behaved and not start watching the next generation because I miss watching Star Trek TV episodes. And I see the little Star Trek shorts they're doing for Discovery. And those look fun. They are fun. And people talk about how great Discovery is. and, and <laughs> Or how much I hate it. <laughs> and people have been talking about Deep Space Nine to me. And, like, people keep saying things. So because I can't watch Star Trek, I've been watching the Orville. That's and fine. And I like it. That's fine. I like it a lot. I'm glad. It makes me mad. <laughs> it makes me very mad. <laughs> Well, Seth MacFarlane is a big Trekkie. He does it with—I mean, he does the satire with the utmost love. So I, I fully support that. No, I didn't think it was going to make you upset. I thought it would give you a smug sense of satisfaction, you I mean, bastard. I mean, it does. You Klingon bastard. <laughs> you bastard. You Klingon <laughs> bastard. You killed my son. Seth MacFarlane makes a cameo in one of these Star Treks. 
in uh, one of the current Star Treks? Uh, well, I mean, Discovery does he no he cameo? No, older. Deep Space Nine. Newer. Voyager. No. Nope. Wait. Newer. Oh, one of the 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 J.J. Abrams movies. No. You're missing one. Enterprise. There you go. <laughs> oh. Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. Why haven't I leaked yet? I I really <laughs> hope that that's the garbage fire I expect it to be. It's not bad. It's very divisive because it was the first time that they decided to go back in time and change some things just a canonically. Bad idea. Just a bad idea. Don't go back in time. Go forward. We want the technology to look better. But I mean, but... except for except for the Vulcan philosopher and that retcon, I really like most of the changes they made. Hmm. Come at me, okay. Maya. <laughs> wow. Throwing down the gauntlet. Well, Maya will be joining us for the next film. She will. Yeah, that's a preview. And you guys can have a little you guys can have a little enterprise fight there, and I'll just hum gently <laughs> underneath the whole thing. Well, why would we fight about Enterprise when we're watching Star Trek Four? It is It'll be bonus content, I don't know. It's gonna take <laughs> so much so much time to talk about that movie in an inadequate I mean, talk about it adequately. Well, I I have to work the day we record, so I can't I can't record for two hours. <laughs> sure you can. No, no, I can't. Quotes, 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 quotes. <laughs> That's my forced segue. <laughs> quotes, 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 quotes. There were there were so many great quotes in this. I loved the sweet, innocent little ensign that was like, "Sir, I was wondering, are they planning a ceremony when we get in? I I'm in a reception." A hero's welcome, son. Is that what you'd like? Well, God knows there should be. This time we paid for the party with our dearest blood. <laughs> oh, virtually every time McCoy opened his mouth. Was yes, a great quote. it was. <laughs> Pretty economical, but um, I did uh, appreciate when he when Kirk goes, how many fingers am I holding up? But he's doing the, the live long and prosper. Uh, that's not very damn funny (laughs) at least your sense of humor has returned the hell it has (laughs) so good um i also loved kirk's personal log with and the enterprise feels like a house with all the children gone no more empty even than that the death of spock is like an open wound right oh god when he said i uh (laughs) I left the noblest part of myself on that newborn planet. <laughs> right. Oh God. Uh, my fa- my favorite McCoy line. My absolute favorite. When Kirk goes, "You're suffering from a vi- a Vulcan mind meld, Doctor." <laughs> That green-blooded son of a bitch. <laughs> this is his revenge for all the arguments he lost. Uh, that was perfection. I know. So uh, good. It was so good. <laughs> I also loved the McCoy scene. All right, damn it, it's Genesis. The name of the place we're going is Genesis. Genesis! Yes. Best. <laughs> yes, Genesis. How can you be deaf with ears like that? <laughs> Oh, he's such a dick. (laughs) (laughs) All systems are automated and ready. A chimpanzee and two trainees could run her. Thank you, Mr. Scott. I'll try not to take that personally. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yep. Mm -hmm. That's Admiral Kirk. My God. Very good for you, Lieutenant. But it's damned irregular. No destination orders. No encoded IDs. All true. Well, what are we going to do about it? I'm going to do nothing about it. And you're going to sit in the closet. The closet? What? Have you lost all sense of re- all your sense of reality? This isn't reality. Points Phaser. This is fantasy. You want an adventure? How's this? The old le- adrenaline going, huh? Good boy. Now get in the closet. Okay, um, go on, go on. I'll just get in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're on our side. (laughs) (laughs) So fucking good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Level, please. Transporter room. Thank you. Up your shaft. (laughs) (laughs) 
I adore it. <laughs> My lord, the ship appears deserted. How can that be? I'm hiding. <laughs> yes, sir. The ship appears to be run by computer. It's the only thing that is speaking. Speaking? Let me hear it. Nine, eight, seven, six, five. Get out! Get out of there! Get out! Marty! <laughs> Your Christopher Lloyd impression is pretty spot on. Everything's just a variation of a bad McCoy. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean... Uh, you Klingon <laughs> bastard, you've killed my son. You Klingon bastard, you've killed my son. Third time for good measure. You Klingon <laughs> bastard, you've killed my son. Uh, I keep saying my son because he can't remember the kid's name is David because he wasn't around. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. And he's going to have to tell right. his mother. Mm-hmm. But if you notice, when he says we paid for it with, you know, everything, ugh, he's just, he's so sad about Spock and he doesn't even care. Hundred percent. Well, and also his line about his soul, if he hadn't tried. Oh, yeah, that's, here, I'll be Sarek. Kirk, I thank you. What you have done is... What I have done, I had to do. But at what cost? Your ship? Your son? If I hadn't tried, the cost would have been my soul. Oh, he loves him so much. Well, yeah. I mean, we have established in Slashdom that, in the Slash Factor, that they had been living happily together after the events of the motion picture until the end of Wrath of Khan. Oh, they finally, those crazy kids finally worked it out. They worked it out. And then he was gone. And now he's not. Hooray. My God, Bones. What have I done? What you had to do. What you always do. Turn death into a fighting chance to live. <laughs> yep. So good. <laughs> that green-blooded son of, of a, a bitch. bitch. That, I laughed out loud. That was so goddamn funny. I know. Mm. There, There is one scene in Star Trek V that I'm looking forward to discussing with you. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's about it in star trek 5 wow yeah. high praise i mean now that you've uh, seen now that you've seen wrath of khan and search for spock you can you know, this is why maya was saying how close spock and dr mccoy are mm -hmm. and it's interesting to see how much this changes their relationship i choose the danger hell of a time to ask <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> just the fucking best Oh, God. I love movie McCoy even more than I love show McCoy, and that's saying something. Oh, yeah. My, can I tell you my favorite line from the entirety of this movie? Yes, I would love that. It's when McCoy is alone with Spock's body on their way back to Vulcan. I'm going to tell you something that I never thought I'd hear myself say, but it seems I've missed you. And I don't know if I could stand to lose you again. No. That's the best. That, I was like, that that made this movie worth watching. That in the 60s fighting. <laughs> Hi! Oh, I forgot the best quote. I have had enough, enough of, of you! you. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. It's great. <laughs> Oh, man, he just jacks up a storm. Uh, <laughs> I also did really enjoy the make it quick, Admiral. They're moving him to the Federation funny farm, which is very disrespectful. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, this movie shows its age. Yes. The yes, it does. Farm. Nutty as a fruitcake. Yeah, nutty <laughs> as a fruitcake. Okay, if we have replicators, there's no way in hell anybody's still eating fruitcake. <laughs> Oh, it's actually fruity as a nut cake. Fruity as a nut cake. There we go. <laughs> Which is so much funnier. Such a dad joke. 
It is. We're all nuck and futz. <laughs> Darling, are you all right? I need you. Badly. Oh, Cameron. Well, um, I am excited to watch the next movie, not just because we're going to have a guest. Um, our first returning guest. Our first returning guest, but also because I, I want to see this arc play out. And I'm hoping that this next movie can combine my newfound appreciation for Star Trek with my deep, abiding love for ocean mammals. So, I didn't know you had a deep, abiding love for ocean mammals. I do. I do. It's actually why I can't return to Florida legally. Oh. So, we oh better uh, come up with a rating system for we'd, this. We'd better. Well, we could do... You know, swift Kirk kicks to the face. <laughs> we could do. <laughs> uh, Gen- Genesis destruction erections. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, which, to be clear, is the the thrust of Earth coming out of the planet. So yes. it's 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 death it's death knell erection. Yes. All right, Cameron. How many how many Genesis death boners would you give this? <laughs> Genesis death boners. I'm I'm going to give it three and a half. I three and a half Genesis death boners. Suddenly it sounds like we're doing a rating for one of the adult magazines. Nice. (laughs) Death boners. Um, We are death boner. (laughs) I, I know this movie has its flaws. It has lots of flaws, but the... The chemistry, the sheer badassery of all of the original crew, the shtick that they are able to complete together while still completing their mission. I mean, they all get points. Uhura gets points. Scotty gets points. McCoy gets lots of points. Chekhov is there, too. (laughs) Sulu. Sulu helped. Chekhov, I'm still trying to figure out how Chekhov is necessary, but... Maybe, maybe I'll, 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 I don't know. <laughs> guess you just have to watch it again. I guess. But yeah, I, there are, it's, it does have faults, but I, this is my favorite even numbered track movie. I mean, odd numbered, odd numbered, odd numbered. Jesus Christ. Whew. That was almost a huge mistake. This is my favorite odd numbered track movie. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'd give it I'd I'd give it three for the McCoy of it all. Honestly, that, that did a lot for me. I still think the Davidness is just lame and you know, I um I love me some Christopher Lloyd, even though his character made no sense most of the time. I was like, <laughs> You're just not you're not good at your job. I'm gonna say that you are not good at your job. <laughs> but, you know, now I, I hope in the next movie we have either some sort of impending threat or villain that really propels the whole thing in a more punchy way. But we'll see. We'll see. Oh. Oh Daniel, it's so good. And so believable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, um, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. We have. Which I guess that means there's only one thing left to do. That's true. And that's for me to wish you all to have a great week, everyone. Keep on trekking. But I do, I love, I mean, the way they explode the Enterprise is beautiful. And the fact that you can see it streaking into the atmosphere is just so poetic to me and sad. This is the ship. It's exactly how I want to go out, streaking. (laughs) (laughs) This is the ship that we have spent, you know, a long time with. Mm -hmm. And sure, it gets to take out some Klingon bastards. But bastards, Klingon <laughs> bastards. By the way, this does affect Kirk 
a great deal, and it will come back in another movie. But uh, Undiscovered Country? Uh-huh. I know that's the other big Klingon-y one. Yeah. And Kirk, Kirk turns Klingon. into a real racist. Well, you know, it was only a matter of time. <laughs> a white man over 50? Come on. <laughs> the deck was stacked against him. But he gets over it. That's the, por- that's the important part. What? No, a white man over 50 can't change. That's pure science fiction. Yes, it, it must be. A Secret Weapon Production.